Lewis James is the editor of International Speculator and Casey Investment Alert. Uh, Lewis is a man of letters. He's also a man of rocks. He's been looking at rocks all over the world in very exotic places for a long time. Please welcome Lewis James. Thank you very much. That's probably the most unusual introduction I've ever had. Um, and on that tangent, let me, let me take that ball and run with it a little bit. When I went to the DRC, the war had just stopped fairly recently and the place was all a giant question mark. And there was no question about the rocks, it was all about the politics and the risk there. And I speak French. And so I went on a tour and I saw some projects. But most of what I was there for was to talk to the taxi drivers and the men on the street and that sort of thing. And what I got from all these people was they all had different candidates they favored and they all hated the incumbent, the son of the dead dictator. But they all hated everybody else's candidates more than they hated the son of the dictator. It was consistent. It was almost universal. And so I figured the son of the dictator would make it back in again and they would be at least for one election, stability. It's exactly what happened. I'm not always right. <laughs> I'm very often not right. But that time I called that one right, and we uh, placed a bet on Tenke mining, which had the Tenke Fungurume copper deposit in the DRC, which is one of the biggest, richest copper deposits in the world. And that was a five-bagger. It got bought out by Lundin Mining, sister company. That doubled, so we made 10 times our money on that one. And we sold. <laughs> And we sold, we locked that gain in um, because of political risk. And that is a, is a good story to start with because as Doug Casey likes to say, um, mining is a crappy business. It is a 19th century choo-choo train industry, he likes to call it. That, that really tickles my funny bone, the choo-choo train industry. And it's true, you go around and many times you'll see a mine today that has rail carts that used to be operated by mules and now it's cheaper to hire people in some of these countries. And you just see these Chinese coolies or somebody in Latin America paid a very little money to push that cart along that hill. And of course you have giant open pit mines in Australia where the operators are in an air-conditioned basement somewhere in Sydney and they're operating these things by remote control. So there's a great deal of difference, but what really makes it a crappy choo-choo train industry is not the choo-choo train, it's the unwelcomeness of it, the NIMBY attitude, not in my backyard. And this was discussed yesterday on our panel up here with the Explorers League. It was interesting how consistent it was and how... You have this perception of political risk in the Congo or Bolivia where they may seize your mine, but you also have the certainty of regulatory risk in the US or Canada, where you have to consult with First Nations, or you have to deal with 27 new regulations per week. So there is, there's another Doug Caseyism, there is no safe place on earth for mining. It is a terrible business to be in. Anywhere you go, and there are huge risks uh, where you can just be outright set to zero. And on top of that, we have market volatility. You know, the gold's gone up, gold's gone down. Nobody knows where gold's gonna go next. We know where it should go. We all agree where it should go, where it should be. Um, but nobody can really tell you what's gonna happen. Another famous Doug Caseyism, I, I rest on the shoulders of giants. 
is that mining stocks are the most volatile stocks on earth. And boy, he's not kidding when he says that. So why would anybody invest in such a crappy business in the most volatile sector of the market anywhere in the world? Why would anybody be, why are you here? Go home, it's early in the morning, why are you here? Well, because volatility can be your friend. Because unlike Santa Claus, a hundred baggers do exist. I haven't had a hundred bagger yet, I'm working on it. Uh, I have seen a 50 bagger recently, and that was Gold Quest. And what was interesting about Gold Quest going from four cents to $2.10 was that that was after gold fell off a cliff. Market loves a discovery under any circumstances. So this really does happen, and volatility can be your very best friend. Now, I'm starting out with a slightly different take on my topic, because when they asked me to come up with a topic for this talk, at the time, gold had suffered the PDAC curse and all the stocks were crashing again. And so I wanted to use my stock market time machine idea, and I will, I will explain that. Stocks are back up again. So the idea of going back in time to buy the cheap stocks maybe makes a little less sense. Gold's down today, so maybe it makes a little more sense today. Gee, what a volatile sector we have. Um, but I wanted to establish first, you know, why are we here? Why even bother with this? And that is because, as Doug likes to say, volatility really can become your best friend. And one of the ways that I have formulated a metaphor for using this force in your benefit is Imagine if you had a time machine. You had George Orwell's time machine, and you could go back and buy Apple you know, for a dollar. Or pick your favorite success story, any of them. Go back in time with the foreknowledge that this company was going to be huge and put a, a nice chunk of change into that stock. Well, you can't do that, obviously. But because of market volatility, because of extreme market volatility in our sector, you can basically do the equivalent. In this mining cycle, we've got a good 10 years plus since it was really clear that the bottom in gold at 2001 was the bottom. In 2002, 2003, many people thought maybe it's just a blip and it'll go back down again or keep going lower. But by 2004, 10 years ago, it was clear that that was the bottom and we were into a new bull cycle. What if you could go back to that time, you know, by any of the great successes that we've seen before they became the great successes that we've seen this cycle. It's like a time machine. Well, you can't go back in time, but when the market tanks because of something in the broader world, because of like 2008, it wasn't, that wasn't a mining crisis. That was a global crisis. It had nothing to do with mining specifically. But everything got whacked. Even gold, the safe haven metal, the one thing that should have gone up in a crisis went down very briefly because People were selling anything they could get a bid on. So in that kind of circumstance where the good goes on sale with the bad and the ugly, it's like a time machine. You can buy that stock as though you had gone back to 2004. So in some cases, you could buy those stocks for under IPO prices. You could get it cheaper than if you had been a really smart puppy and figured everything out in advance, which of course nobody can. So. In some ways, my message here is a very simple, you know, take heart. When the market fluctuates, don't panic. It does it all the time. That's what markets do. The famous stolid saying, markets fluctuate, you know. 
They do, and ours do it in spades. So when that happens, you should have your shopping list. You should know which are the companies that have really got the goods and see if you're lucky enough to have any of these go on the deep discount rack with the promotional guys have nothing but guanaco pasture. Or in Canada, I should say moose pasture, I guess. The other side of this coin is because these markets are so volatile, you can't get too emotional about these stocks. You can't get married to them. They're not family heirlooms, another Dougism. You know, these stocks, even the best of them, should be considered, unless they have cash flow, production companies, the very best exploration companies, they're all burning matches. They're spending that money on hideously expensive work in the ground or on regulators and lawyers and all this stuff. They're all burning matches. And even the production companies, you know, the costs go up, commodities go down. Standard Graham-Dodd type analysis does not apply in this sector. Let me repeat that does not apply in the entire sector. No company, not even Newmont or Barrick or the biggest of these guys, are amenable to conventional you know, quality securities analysis because the underlying commodities are just too volatile. If you're doing Graham Dodd analysis as a good investor on a shoe factory or something, you know, the value of shoes is a fairly stable thing. People need shoes and they're not gonna stop needing shoes. And the price of shoes, you know, there may be a sale, let me go up or down a bit, but it, it doesn't drop 50% in a week. And that can happen in commodities. They can, well, maybe not a week, but the underlying commodities are too volatile for traditional securities analysis. Even in the best and the biggest and the most stable companies, let alone these, you know, penny stocks. Horrors. So, you can't get wedded to these things. And you, how many of you are subscribers? Okay, so half of you know what I'm going to say next. You must, you must, you absolutely must mitigate your risk and recover your investment at the first possible opportunity. My colleague Marin Katusa coined the term we use for this now. We call it a Casey free ride. The moment you get your first double, you take a Casey free ride. You get your initial investment back off the table. Why? Well, because of this volatility. If you've got a serious amount of money for you, uh, you know, the kind of investment you, makes you nervous in a company, and the stock goes down, how do you feel when that happens? Well, if, the, if you took your money back off the table when the stock doubled, when that goes down, it, you sleep well at night. I, I cannot overstress the importance of the Casey free ride. An example this year would be attack resources. There's nothing wrong with the company. I mean, it's had an extraordinary year. The stock tripled from the December lows by PDAC, and people were able to recover their money. People who averaged down aggressively or got so low, or people who bought around that time were able to get their money back. The stock's gone back down again. You know, it fell off 50% after March. You know, if, if you bought at the top, how would you feel when it fell off 50%? Or if you bought somewhere in the middle and it went up and you had this great gain and you didn't do anything and then it fell 50%, how would you feel? The Casey free ride, yeah, I've, it may seem so obvious, why am I spending time on this, but I'll tell you, people don't do it. They all understand the logic. They say, oh yes, I understand. But they don't do it. They make a pick, and it does really well, and they're so happy, I'm a genius. And they don't take the profit. 
And then, oh no, it's all 50%, what's wrong? And I get the email, what's wrong? <laughs> Nothing's wrong, they just started drilling. The tax gone up, it's gone down, it's gone up again. They just started drilling, nothing's happened to the company, nothing material, it's just market volatility. It's an important point though, nothing's happened. That could be a win already, you could have sold completely, you could have bagged the profits completely in your pocket without anything having happened in the company. And this is, I think, a message for today because gold is up less than 10% this year from the December lows. Most of our stocks are up twice now. They were up three times. And on average, they've gone way up, come down and gone, gone way up again. You can actually make money even when the market is going sideways. If you've got the courage to buy low, you use that stock market time machine, you know it's a good story, you know they have the goods in hand, and you wait and you watch, and when that stock sells for the wrong reason, you buy it. And when it goes up, right or wrong reason, you take the bloody profits. Take them, you must, you must. I can't stress this enough. Um, a good example of this would be uh, Bob Quartermain's Pretium Resources. It went on the deep discount rack, not only with market volatility last year, their, one of their two main consultants quit said, you have no resource, you shouldn't be doing a feasibility study, we're walking away. And the stock fell off a cliff. I knew Bob Quartermain, I'd known him for 10 years almost at that point, and Doug has known him even longer. And basically it amounted to either Bob was flat out lying to my face and was a crook, or these guys were wrong. They were looking at it, and they were looking at an extraordinary project through an ordinary lens and missing the point. And so I trusted Bob. I trusted my knowledge, my instinct, whatever you want to call it, but I believed in Bob because I'm, I'm not a geostatistician. I couldn't prove that their mathematical model was wrong. But we, of the eight P's of resource stock evaluation that Doug taught me, people is the first P and I trusted Bob. So when that stock fell off a cliff from six bucks to three bucks. We put a very aggressive buy on it last year. And I have readers who were able to buy below $3. And that stock is now $9. And, you know, doggone it, I keep reminding people, take these profits, take these profits, take these profits. So this really does happen. Now gold, gold's up only less than 10% this year. At, at, what is it this morning, 1295 or something? It was around 1200 at the December low. That's not a lot. But people who bought one of the largest high-grade stories on earth today, when it fell off the cliff for the wrong reason, have been able to pocket 300% gains or better. Even with the market not doing anything exciting. So volatility absolutely can be your best friend. That's the point of the stock market time machine. You don't have to throw darts at the board. You don't have to guess. When the markets are going like a yo-yo, use it. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Nobody knows what's going to happen except that we know that these markets are going to be volatile. That's the one thing I can promise you. <laughs> Volatility is never leaving our sector. So you must learn to use it as your friend. Okay, enough theory. Let me uh, give you some stock picks. That's what everybody really wants. <laughs> so amongst the stories that I have on my very short list, 
to buy when we get this yo-yo effect. My stock market time machine at the top are, and there's different kinds, and you know, if you're really big into copper, you have one list. If you're really big into um, you know, just gold or just silver or you want production, you should have your own list, and I'll, I'll cover some different things. But sort of the, the primo space for me is the large high-grade discoveries. They're so improbable. Usually you're, you're looking for veins, something that you hope will be big enough, or you've got a built, big bulk tonnage project and you hope the margins will be good enough. But if you can have something that is both big and high-grade and produce very robust numbers, that's the best of all worlds in our industry. And we now know who's made these discoveries so far this cycle. And we know which ones have political problems, and which ones are in relatively safe jurisdictions and are advancing, and we can buy these whenever they go on sale. The top of the list would be Bob Quartermain's Pretium Resources. Yes, it's three times what it was at its low recently. It's still around half of what it was at its peak, though, after IPO. The symbol is PVG, Paul Victor Golf, both in the US and Canada. And it's simply, in my view, the richest deposit on Earth right now. It is, it is a monster deposit, 13 million ounces of gold, close to half an ounce per ton, actually over half an ounce per ton in the proven and probable, depending on whether you agree with their model or not. But there's a lot of high-grade gold there. I've just come from there, and I've never seen anything like it. Uh, you know, a vein half as tall as I am with visible electrum, that's gold and silver alloy, you know, four inches wide, it, just unbelievable. Another one in this uh, group would be a company called Dalradian Resources. The symbol is DNA, uh, David November Alpha. And that one has also a very high-grade deposit. It's in Northern Ireland, which alarms some people. It's not a jurisdiction they're very familiar with. But you have rule of law there. You have a, a stable European country, if you will. And actually, there is mining there. And the political risk, I think, is over overestimated in this case because people are just unfamiliar with it. But they've actually received their permit to go underground and do their bulk mining sample, sorry, bulk sample, which means they're going to mine. It's not the final permit for the final mine project, but they're going to be blasting and tunneling. So if the government's willing to let them do that, and, it, and actually they issued a very favorable remark when they did, the environment minister was in favor of the project. So I like that one a lot. Another big high-grade story is Rubicon Minerals. That's RBY, Roger Boy, yes, in the US, and RMX, Roger Mexico X-ray, and I'm not a military guy, you can tell, in Canada. But I try to articulate well, and I want you to get the wrong symbol. Um, these guys have a, a very high-grade deposit that's just a few kilometers from the heart of the Red Lake Gold Mining District there in Ontario. It's a natural takeover target for Gold Corp, which wasn't able to buy a Cisco. I see this on their very short shopping list. And even if not, they've raised the money, they're building the mine. So one way or the other, there's plenty of ways to win. Uh, another high-grade story, large high-grade story, is called Continental Gold. The symbol is CNL, Charlie November Lima. They have a large high-grade project in Colombia. It's near Rhodes, it's in a safer part of Colombia. And it's, it's an incredible vein swarm that's just big and getting bigger, lots of high grade. It, it also has some technical questions. People are not sure about it. Um, but I've been there, and I've seen the veins, and I've seen gold where it's not supposed to be. 
So I think the company is actually being fairly conservative. They assign a zero value to rock where they haven't got the drill density to say there's anything there, and even when you can see the mineralization there. So I think they're being um, pretty cautious. Last on this sort of top list would be rocks gold. They're in Burkina Faso. The symbol is ROG, Roger October Golf. They have not the biggest of these high-grade deposits, but it's very high-grade and, and very high margin. And uh, a lot of people don't like Africa. It's a scary place to do business. There are coups, there are kleptocratic governments. Um, but for whatever it's worth, Burkina Faso has been lately extremely accommodative. Uh, another company I'll mention in a moment, True Gold, they got their mining permit in less than six months. Rocks Gold is good to go. There will be an election in Burkina Faso at the end of next year. Uh, that's plenty of time for us to <laughs> well, there's plenty of, plenty of time for us to see market volatility be our friend and get our money back off the table before that happens. I, I will say as far as all Burkina Faso plays, I'm, I am concerned about that election, and I'm only interested if I see a chance to get my money back off the table before the election. For those of you who like producers, one of my favorites is a, is a new pick of ours in our alert service, so this is a bit of a freebie for those of you who are monthly readers or not readers yet at all. Um, it's, um, I'm short-circuiting here. I've got the symbol written down and, I'm, and I've got three companies in my mind. The symbol is R-I-O, and I'm trying to remember if it's Rio Alto or Rio something else. Is it Rio Alto? Okay, very good. It's R-I-O-M in the U.S. Thank you very much. I, I'm glad I, got, I remembered the right name. There are several Rio companies out there. Uh, this is not a high-grade story. It's a low-grade story, but it's a low-grade, low-work, near-surface, high-margin story. And they just bought, basically, the twin deposit next door. So I see Tommyknockers. <laughs> I see great potential in this story, uh, a huge amount of value added, because they've shown that they can mine this sort of thing very profitably, and now they've got twice as much to mine. I like that sort of upside. Uh, another producer I like, and you'll notice I'm not going over the majors. My colleague Jeff Clark can advise you on the majors. My sphere is pretty much the juniors. Uh, is a company called Etico Mining. They have a company, uh, a mine called El Roble in Colombia. Again, one of the safer parts of Colombia. I've been there. I've seen it. And what I like about it is that they they took over an existing operation. They've modernized it, and their uh, operating results are just ramping up and up and up. And they're finding more gold than the model predicts right now. They've increased their copper production. It's a copper gold, a high-grade uh, VMS type system. And they've increased their, their copper production by, I forget the numbers, but it's something like 50%, and they've increased the gold production by 90%. So they're finding more gold than they expected, and I like that. And uh, as those of you who've been in this business for a while have probably heard many times, VMS-type deposits tend to come in clusters. So they've got this great big rich lens, and they're dusting off the mine, modernizing it, and then they're going to take the cash flow and go look for the rest. So there's huge exploration potential in that story. I like it a lot. On sort of the, the high-risk, high-reward, for those of you who want to play at the high-stakes table, uh, my, my pick for you would be a little company called Banks Island Gold. The symbol is B-O-Z, uh, Box October Z, or Zulu, whatever. Um, 
This company has a small but very high grade project called Yellow Giant, ironically, uh, but its average grade is higher than, than uh, Pretium's Bruce Jack project. Um, why bother with the little engine that could? Because it's just so high grade and it's just right there near surface and they're underground now and they're mining now and we're about to really get a first look at their financials. Now, there are a number of things that have gone wrong with this company. They had another project they had to let go. They had a problem with uh, unexpected uh, garnet in the mineralization that messed up their chemistry. So they, they've had to recover from a number of setbacks. And I, I'll be very honest with you, they, you know, I'm not happy with that. That said, if they deliver what I think they will deliver, if their financials for their first quarter of production, which should be out soon, show how profitable I think this operation is, that stock has near-term explosive potential. It could easily double or triple over the next quarter. And there are not a lot of times you can say that. But it's high stakes. If there's something else disappointing, if something else has gone wrong with the company, you know, it could go nowhere or down for a while. I don't see it going to zero. I mean, they are producing, they are making money. Um, so it's, it's a question of okay versus fantastic. And that's, that's not too bad. On the exploration side, some of my favorites are uh, Kamenak Gold, symbol K-A-M, Kilo Alpha, Mexico. Uh, Pilot Gold, symbol P-L-G, Paul Lima Gulf. Uh, both of these guys are on to something substantial and they, company maker type material. Uh, on the more early stage end of the spectrum, we, there's a company called Balmoral Resources. The symbol is B-A-R, uh, Box Alpha Roger. They don't have a resource in hand yet, but they have some terrific drill results. And it, there's two ways to win on this one. They have uh, high-grade gold results over a significant strike length in an area where the long di dimension of most of these deposits is usually down. And they have yet to really drill to depth. So that could, be, that could be one of these big high-grade ones. We don't know that yet, but it could be. And they've also just made a, a high-grade nickel discovery that has some platinum and palladium in it, too. That's very early stage, but two ways to win. In the platinum and palladium space, which I will say we still do favor, uh, at Casey Research, we're skeptical about this economic recovery, and so we're not so keen on, on industrial metals right now. But we're even more skeptical about South Africa, where 70% of the world's uh, platinum comes from. And of course, there's the conflict with Russia now, where most of the world's palladium comes from. So we'd like the platinum and palladium space. We, we see serious supply constraints on the horizon, and we like platinum and palladium plays that are not in those countries. Uh, the top pick there is not cheap. I will tell you, this is one to put on your time machine list, as opposed to run out and buy today, is Stillwater. It's, it's the highest grade platinum, uh, sorry, palladium mine in the world, and it's in the US. And they're there, they're profitable, they have huge upside, they have, they have enormous reserves and, and enormous potential to convert uh, resources to reserves. So in this space, that has to be the primo producer. The symbol is SPPP in the US. Uh, and if you're uh, worried about production, if you're not into the 
pros and cons of mining in the USA where the regulators frown on you and all that. The other way to play this is actually with the Sprott product, the, the Sprott Platinum and Palladium Trust. That's a way to make place a bet directly on the metal without worrying about this choo-choo train industry and whether you can make do with that. Uh, sorry, uh, I think I got ahead of myself. The symbol for Stillwater is SWC. It's SWC.U in Canada, it's just SWC in the US, and the Sprott product is SPPP. If you do like base metals, <laughs> if you do like base metals, I would go back to Atiko, the producer that I mentioned before, because it's copper gold, and so if you like gold, you have a way to win. If you like copper, you have a way to win. But the sort of pretium in the copper space, to me, really right now, is reservoir minerals with the Timok discovery in Serbia. I have been to Serbia, I have been to that project. I think you can work there. And it's just not often that you see something so big and so high grade in the copper space. Uh, the symbol there is RMC. And by the way, there is a gold credit there and there's plenty of uh, discovery potential play in the play as well. And then I have only a, a minute left here, so I got a couple of more oddball ones. One would be Virginia Gold. Why is that oddball? Because it's really turning into a royalty company. They have the royalty from the Eleanor A mine coming online. And when, it, when you have a primo exploration company that has serious cash flow, you can be very patient with them. I don't know when their next big discovery will come, but these are discoverers and they're working in. Last one would be Dynacor Gold. For the person who really hates to lose money, this is my, my top pick. If you really just don't wanna see this stock go down. Dynacor's business model is processing other people's gold and they make money off of that. And they're in a jurisdiction where the government is shutting down illegal processors left and right. And so they're the only one left in town, basically. And it's a difficult business, but they've proven they can do it. Their production is ramping up and they are very close to getting a permit to potentially triple their production. If that happens, I expect the stock to actually go through the roof. But even if that doesn't happen, they're making money, low-cost operation, and doesn't matter if gold goes up or down. They make money either way. And I'll leave it at that. 20 seconds left. I have a workshop this afternoon, and we can get into more of the, the hows and whys and technicalities of how we do all this. Thank you very much.